what is going on team welcome to another episode of the pursuit part podcast uh today we're going to be getting into a little bit of risk versus reward uh i think it's a timely topic uh to talk on both with uh what's going on in the world and we'll get into that in a in a sec in a second and then again uh with what's going on here at warfighter hq and what we're moving uh very uh very fast uh towards so it's an exciting time um there's a lot of risk that's been taken um and i think in 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 general when i think of people shooting for their goals looking at achieving goals or achieving anything worthwhile in life there's always going to be that element of risk uh versus reward but uh the first thing is is if you don't take the risk then don't don't expect the reward and that's a really important one um i think there's definitely an element out there where people see people see others uh, achieving great things and, and getting the rewards that come with such success but uh what we forget is the price they paid to get there and that is the the, the basic three which is the the sacrifice the hard work and the discipline and if you're not willing to do those three things and if you're not willing to take that risk then by no means should you expect the rewards that come with taking the risk but the beautiful thing is is when you take that risk and you and you and you you go for that goal you you shoot your shot so to speak and you come up short what you soon realize is it, it, it may hurt and it may hurt for a little while but as time goes on as time goes past you will soon realize that you you learned a lot you grew a lot and whatever you whatever lessons you learned in that experience you can take through to the next one okay and so let's take a look at a, a pretty recent example of of where where a really good risk was a really big risk was taken and it didn't pay off and so that's uh that's us taking a look at israel adesanya uh and his, and his latest uh ufc bout so for most people you know who israel adesanya is uh, i think the world knows who israel adesanya is he was the middleweight champion uh and this is my opinion now that we're getting into he cleaned out essentially the middleweight division Nobody wanted to fight him, including Rob Whitaker, even though he did, detested it. Uh, after Izzy wiped the floor with Costa, I think that put the fear of God in many people. Uh, no one, no one really wanted to fight him, and many of the other 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 opponents didn't really get Izzy excited. He wanted he wanted that challenge. Um, he wanted to test himself as a mixed martial artist, and instead of playing it safe and fighting, I don't know any Tom, Dick and Harry within the middleweight ranks, he decided to take, to take that challenge to go up a weight class uh, and to fight uh, Jan. And so Jan Blachowicz, um, his, his last name is a mouthful, so forgive me if I'm pronouncing that wrong and you are from the region. Um, stand by. And what I want to well, – let's, let's, let's give Izzy some credit here for a second, okay? Let's give Izzy some damn credit here for a second. So if we look at – we look at what Jan did. Okay. Okay. Actually, let's go back one more. So we've got a guy in Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes goes in, fights John Jones, pushes him, pushes John Jones into deep water. Probably the first time John Jones is off the gear. If you're a John Jones fan, don't at me. Don't bloody at me. The guy's a two-time drug cheat. I don't care how many time champion he is, he's a two-time drug cheat. Anyway, he's finally off the bloody gear for once. Dominic Reyes goes in there. Absolutely takes John Jones, arguably takes through, my, my memory could be a little bit cloudy, arguably takes rounds one through three, 
loses rounds four and five, guess what? It doesn't matter how, how if the fight went on. That's not how it works. It's scored round by round. Uh, and the scoring, as we know, in the UFC can be a little bit here, nor here, nor there. But anyway, the the, 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 the main thing I wanted to grasp is Dominic Reyes definitely tested John Jones and arguably uh, by a lot of industry professionals' account, um, he won that fight. But he didn't. He didn't. So who cares? Anyway, move on. John Jones goes up the weight division. Jan and, and, and Dominic Reyes get into a fight. Okay, they go in there. Jan's letting it go. He's absolutely landing some beautiful shots. The body kicks were a big, um, were, were having a lot of impact in the fight. He was coming in with the two or the straight, uh, following it up nice with the front uh, lead leg body kick. Beautiful combination. Uh, and then he puts him away. And he doesn't just put him away. He punches Dominic Reyes's nose into the freaking stratosphere. Okay. Dominic Reyes, a massive guy, a big athlete, dominating guy, pushed John Jones. Everyone calls him the GOAT, whatever. He's a fucking drug cheat. But anyway, argue, uh, in com- inverted commas, the GOAT, John Jones. So this guy, Reyes, pushes John Jones to his limit. Then he goes in, fights Jan. Jan absolutely now wipes the floor with the same guy. And then Izzy goes, Izzy and his team at City Kickboxing go, you know what? We want to take that risk. We want to fight that guy. Now, I don't care who you are. I even believe that there's probably guys in the lightweight division, uh, sorry, the light heavyweight division, who's seen the fight between uh, Dominic Reyes and Jan and thought, I don't really want a piece of that. He just literally punched his nose off into the stratosphere, broke the thing in fucking half um, and sent his brain rattling around his dome. Well, that's not what Izzy did. He took the risk. And with that risk was going to come great reward. It was going to come, obviously, notoriety. There was going to become legacy. Uh, he was going to be proving a massive point to the to the haters and naysayers that he that Izzy has in his corner. Um, and arguably, even though he went out there and he went out there, he took the risk. He didn't get the reward. He still learned a hell of a lot. He took a guy who is knocking light heavyweights unconscious and fought a very good fight. He learned a lot about himself. Um, he obviously didn't have the performance. He didn't. He didn't have the performance he wanted that night. But instead of focusing on the fact that he lost, he can now just go back and go, "Why? Why didn't I get the win? Was it our preparation? You know, where where we did we take the big risk by taking the fight, but we didn't take the the micro risks in, in, within the fight um, to to get up on the scorecards, so to speak. So there's a lot to be gained still. With that said, you can play it safe. You can stay in your lane, but. It comes down to when you're on your deathbed, do you want to be do you want to be laying there thinking, what if? What if I just took that fucking risk? What if I didn't care about the consequences and if I just went in, took the risk, and that paid off, and I went and lived this life instead of the life that I ended up living? But now there's nothing you can do about it because you're on your fucking deathbed, you're on the way out, and there's no going back. There is no time machine. So that's why I am getting back on a serious note. That's why I'm a massive uh, advocate for taking that risk. Because one day, you are going to regret the risks you didn't take. You are going to regret the risks you didn't take. And I want to I want to go back to my military career here for a second. I remember getting into the infantry battalion. A lot of guys in the infantry, they want to go on to special operations. Very quickly, when you're within the infantry regiment, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of chatter. Uh, about who will make, who would pass selection, who wouldn't pass selection. Well, guess what? The only fucking way you find out is by turning up and doing selection. There's a lot of people who talk about it. There's a lot of people who want to do it, but just due to the 
to the risk of failure, they don't, they don't, for whatever reason, they don't turn up to selection. And now there's some phenomenal soldiers. There's some great soldiers out there who probably should have gone and looked to push to that next level, but didn't. Or they went and pushed to that next level. They failed the first time, so they never took the risk to go back and dared to fail again. At one stage in their life, further down the track, that's probably already happened to many of them. They're going to probably sit there and regret, man, what if I went again? What if I went and lived that life? What if I went and done this thing? Who knows? Maybe I could have been something else. Maybe I would have been something else. Maybe I would have felt a little, for, little more fulfilled in my life in my life, than who I am as a person. But let's carry on. Okay, so that's realistically in a military context um, where, where risk versus reward comes out. Okay, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of reward that comes with going to special operations. It's uh, obviously one... It's just the achievement itself of going through a rigorous uh, pipeline, testing yourself, testing you know your your, your mental fortitude, and, and, and really pulling off the hood and taking. And it really forces you to take a look at who you are as a person. And so, selection is a, is a great risk versus reward. And then, if you if you look further into it, generally within a military uh, context, you you get paid considerably better than most other soldiers uh, when you're in special operations. So, pay it's another reward of taking that risk. You get uh, better jobs, better operations, better training opportunities. I got to travel all over the world. Um, I got way, way more leeway, way more responsibility, um, and was really trusted with a lot, with a lot of responsibility um, in terms of uh, capabilities that I could bring to the battle space. And so, going to special operations, there's a hell of a lot of rewards. But most people, and the majority of people, they're not, they're not willing to take the risk wholeheartedly and so my advice to you is take the fucking risk it's as simple as that whatever you're thinking about doing whatever you're wanting to do whatever you've been dreaming up concocting thinking about for however many days weeks months years fucking do it okay because like i said earlier if you fall up if you fall short if you come up short if you fail who cares at least you had the fucking courage to try there is 90 percent of the population probably more who don't even have the courage to try at least you can say, hey, look, I had the courage to try. I dared to go a little further. I dared to be great. I came up short, but guess what? I've now got data that I can download from that experience and apply to the next one. And we go again. Why? Because it's relentless, relentless, relentless execution is where it's at. So with that said, take the fucking risk. So the next thing I want to move on to is preparing. Okay, so cool. You've, you've, you're in your mind now. Okay, fuck it. I'm going to take that risk. I'm going to take that leap of faith. I'm going to believe in myself because if I don't believe in myself, then who will? Take that on board. If you don't believe in yourself, who will? Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Anyway, so let's take, let's have a look now. Okay. So you've decided to take that leap of faith. We're going to use selection as an example. Take the leap of faith as serious as you can take it. Again, I've seen it many, many times within my special operations career. Guys who decide to take that that leap of faith and they take that risk. Sorry, Tim's going to have a sip of my coffee. Oh, that's good. Been running out, running out a uh, little uh, little break here. I've been running out of these uh, coffee bags. Absolutely love them. It's like a tea bag, but it's got coffee in it. Great bit of kit. Great for the field as well. For those of you who are still in and serving, Jed's uh, coffee bags. I know there's a few brands out there. Um, I believe out of the UK, Combat Coffee Company, 
uh, Coffee Co. They definitely, I'm, I'm sure they do, but I think they call them battle bags. So if you're in the UK, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm sure those guys do it. Black Rifle Coffee Company out in the States, they probably do it as well. Um, and then, yeah, just down here in NZ, uh, Jed's is the, is the goods. Okay, so here we are. You've decided to, you're going to take that risk. Take it fucking seriously. Do the work. Do the preparation. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm going to cover off this because I get questions all the time. What's your advice for selection? Okay, so my advice for selection is for you to go, okay, is to, one, whatever paperwork is required, you, you, you submit that paperwork and you put yourself on selection or whatever you need to do to, to commit to taking that risk. If you're in combat sports, go up to your coach and tell him, I want the fight. Three months from now, I want to fight. Your coach can start going and find you one. Now it's up to you to put in the work. And that's exactly it. I've seen many guys who who go through the motions of taking the risk, but they don't train properly. They don't pre- prepare properly. They don't take it seriously. They don't understand the stakes that are on the line. They don't understand the rewards that could be had if they were willing to make the appropriate sacrifices for it. It's a short period of time, man. Even if it's a year, that is a short period of time to live your life in a disciplined fashion for a year. It is a short period of time. Okay, for some, but for most people, it's just a couple of months. So for a couple of months, make the sacrifices you need to make. Work hard. Work harder than anybody you know. Be disciplined. Do the work even when you don't feel like doing it. But we get guys who turn up to selection and they fail a, 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 an RFL. An RFL is a 2.4 kilometer run. They come in at some horrendous time. You're just like, you signed up for a special operations selection, whether it was commando SAS, and here you are turning up. You can't even pass a fucking RFL. Like, are you absolutely taking the piss? Don't take the piss out of yourself. Don't take the piss out of your dreams. Do the fucking work. Okay, so once you decide to take that risk, sit down and understand and put some pen to paper and go through. Why does this mean so much to you? Like, why do you want to achieve it? What is the heaven? What is the hell? What are you moving towards? What are you moving away from? And when you when you do this, like, really fucking gas it up. Like, what is it about special operations, the jobs, the pay rises, um, the training experiences, the opportunities? Like, what is about it that pulls you in? Is it the test to know that you are cut from a different cloth, you are a different breed? Um, and then again, on, on the flip side, what what is the, the fucking grim hell that awaits you if you sit there doing nothing or if you take the fucking piss, you turn up, you get cut away? You are going to feel, you're going to feel like a piece of shit. I'm telling you now, I've failed in my life. And when I look back upon myself, I, thought, I looked at myself like a piece of shit. Uh, and that's what drives me today because I took the risk. Again, I'm talking to you guys on this from a point of experience. It's not, I'm not a theorist, okay? I've been here, I've done this, trust me. And I was pissed at myself. I was absolutely pissed at myself. And so now that's what fuels me to this day to keep going hard, to keep grinding, to keep pushing every single fucking day. Uh, and what we're trying to achieve here at Warfight Athletic because I've tasted failure, I've come up short, and I've gone through that reflection. And so now I know what helps me go to that next level. I know what helps, keeps me on track. And so it's sitting down and doing the work. Okay, cool. This is my goal. This is the time frame I'm going to do it in. This is everything I need to do to get there. So break it down. Take a look. So for example, if, you, if you're going for example, NZSAS selection, from watching First Among Equals, from asking anybody, everybody knows what day one is, yet you get sometimes three quarters to half the the course, the selection course, falling off on day one. You know you're going to turn up, you're going to run a 2.4 kilometer run, 
you're going to need to do 30 push-ups. You're going to need to do eight pull-ups. You're going to need to do a uh, hundred or sixty. It could be, even be sixty. It's a, sixty or one hundred and thirty uh, crunches. Those things are ridiculous anyway. Um, you're then going to go out and you're going to run a BT. You're going to pack so pack march or ruck with eight eight um, eight kilometers um, with thirty five to forty kilos on your back. You're going to come in. You're going to do. Uh, you're going to drop the pack. You're going to scale a wall. You're going to climb a rope. You're going to fireman's carry somebody. You're going to body drag somebody. You're then going to go and run eight kilometers in patrol order which is the Hounds and Hares event. It's going to be the afternoon. If you're doing it in summer, it's going to be fucking hot. So prepare yourself for that. And then you're going to go jump in a dam or jump in a pool and go for a swim. And you know, and you know the standards there. If, if, if anything, all you actually need to train for is, for example, SAS selection. All you really need to train for is to pass day one and then to be able to carry a pack really well. That is your selection. That is your selection. So easier said than done. Absolutely. But day one should be a no-brainer for any serious soldier. Day one should be a no-brainer. If you can't pass day one, you should be having a fucking long look in the mirror. Um, And that just just comes down to uh, doing the right preparation, not not chinning off the task at hand because it can seem really easy. But uh, I'll be be extremely honest. Um, At the end of my day one, literally it was the hottest day on record, so a lot of brains melted and, and mine wasn't far from it. Um, and guys went down with heat exhaustion. So there is the elements as well. But no, if you're going in summer, then get some of your training training sessions in at the hottest time of the day. Um, because on selection, you will be operating at the hottest time of the day. But I will caveat that when I did finish day one, um, I definitely didn't expect to feel that fucked and that fatigued. So again, put in the work, make sure you get a training program and you follow it to a T. If you do that, and then even test yourself afterwards to source, store some confidence in the, in the confidence in the bank. Sorry, team. Uh, had a rough sleep last night, so a little bit jumbled today in my speaking. Um, but go out and run a day one. Get that confidence in the bank. And that's like anything in life, right? It's, it's rehearsals. And that was one thing, uh, a great thing that was smashed into me, uh, into all of us w- within the special operations community. It's rehearsals, rehearsals, rehearsals. So, okay, cool. If you're going to go do uh, a training run, a task, a job, or whatever it is, how can you emulate that operation as closely as possible to the real thing? And then you go through and you run it 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 through and then you go do the real thing. And guess what? Nine times out of 10, you're going to operate a hell of a lot better if you did rehearsals over the, if, if you didn't do rehearsals. So again, that's another little top tip, store it away is, if you're going to go take a risk, understand what the task at hand is and see how you can emulate or create that same challenge before you actually go and do the challenge. It, it doesn't have to be like if you're going to go, if you're going to go run a marathon, okay, cool, I'll just run 42 kilometers and then I'll go run the actual marathon. You could literally run a half marathon because then you know if you run a half marathon, you can probably run a full marathon. Uh, just don't don't stop. Just keep going. Um in, in general, I'll say in general, uh, I'll caveat that because there's probably many different people people who listen to the podcast. Uh, but in general, for me personally, that applies to me. So if that doesn't apply to you, don't take offense. Uh, but for me personally, if I can go run half a marathon, I know I can run a full mar- marathon. Uh, it may not be fast, but uh, I know that at least if I can, well, if I can do, you know, tw- what is it, 21 kilometers, then I can do 42 uh, if that's a full marathon. But anyway, so team, there it is there. Um, I want to keep this one within 20 minutes. Risk versus reward. Take the fucking risk. Understand the severity of the risk that you are taking. Embrace it with a full heart. 
get after it, live a life that's worth living. This is Fitzy, out.